Episode 119 Above Ground Podcast, Standing in His Own Power with Patsy Greco. Disclaimer, the host of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to... Episode 119 of Above Ground Podcast, Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below, which we're going to get to in a moment. I just wanted to mention that next Sunday, September 26th in Saratoga, New York, in Saratoga Spa State Park, if you're here in the 518, is the 2021 Out of the Darkness Walk for Rita to benefit the Capital Region Chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Tim and I will be there both. Uh, Tim will be manning a table for Above Ground Podcast, and I will be fulfilling my volunteer duties as I do every year for AFSP. Also, Tim and I are part of Patrick Shamrocks, Shamrocks, which is the team that is put together for our close friend, Patrick Brereton, who died by suicide a couple of years ago. I'm going to put the link to the page to donate in the show notes. If you feel so inclined to throw a couple bucks, please do. And you can also mention that you heard it here on Above Ground Podcast. We are continuing this week with the next one of our interviews for September of Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. Uh, As we've talked about before, suicide prevention is something that we take very seriously here at Above Ground Podcast, as well as post-vention. However, suicide prevention is a 365, 24-7 thing for those of us involved in, in the mental health advocacy part and and in the profession themselves. And this week's episode is, is a tearjerker, and it's also a episode of hope. Because if you can overcome these these events in your life and thrive and still find a way to get up in the morning, then you've got something. And Pat Patsy Greco from Fastlane Tattoo is that in embodies that heart and soul, man. Um, his story will make you cry. So grab a Kleenex. But it's also a story of hope, like I said. And that's what we really were using these interviews for this month. This is to show that there's hope after such a devastating loss to someone that we love. And we can carry on because our loved ones that die by suicide don't want us to stop living. They just couldn't live in this current situation. So without any further ado, Patsy Greco. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast. Because you can't serve below. You know who that is. You down with TPP. Yeah, you know me. This is uh this episode will have some um some things that might be triggering for some people. Um talks of suicide suicide ideation as always we like to keep our conversations real and raw and we do this for for the goal of to open up conversations around these topics and to bring awareness um, and some education along with that to people and um, that's that's what our hope is uh, by the more more conversations we have, um, the more topics we cover, the more awareness we create. And a subject as taboo as suicide, um, there's not much 
real uh, stories. And there's not many people that do want to tell real stories. We were fortunate enough to find someone that will tell a real story. His name is Patsy, and he's with us today. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. How are you, Patsy? Doing all right today. Not so good the other day. Okay today. All right. That actually is a good way to start the conversation, man. That's, you know, how is it day to day for you, man? Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I wake up in the morning and I'm not really sure where I'm going to be. And, and then I have to work my way out from there. Uh, some days you just don't want to get out of bed. And other days, you know, the sunshine and I want to get out there. I want to go for a walk and, and maybe share share how I got through something the day before. But that's how I do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that was one of the things that, that I noticed I, when someone recommended you well, we were talking about tattoos and you're a tattoo artist, you own, you own your own shop. Um, but the subject of mental health and suicide came up and, um, I had no, I had checked out one of your videos and I was like, wow, this, this guy's real, you know, he, he, uh, puts it out there and, um, I think we should hook up with them and, and get some of this information out to more ears that could possibly help. Yeah. I really appreciate that. That's uh, it should be talked about. And I think it's, it's kept quiet a lot of the times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, when you, cause you had said that, um, you know, making videos and kind of talking about it, that is uh, something that helps you at, at the same time. Yeah. So, so if you want, I can get right into the, like the, the first day and, and, and how I kind of got into this video and uh, sure. Um, then I'll do that. Uh, I'll start at I'll start at day one um, of her suicide, and I'll kind of give you like a brief of, of how I got into it. So, so I'm I'm lying on the floor. I have no idea what my next step is. I believe that I'm going to die of a broken heart, and and I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a nerd. So, so my thing is I want to know how to fix this. And, and I go on, I go on the internet and, and I'm looking, I'm like, how do you fix grief? How do you get over grief? How do you get past grief? What is grief? And, and I pop across this dude on YouTube and, and his hat is crooked and his, his collar's up on one side. And you could just tell this man is a mess. And he's talking about that his wife passed away and he says, it's been 30 days. And the reason I know it's 30 days is because I have to turn her car in today. And, and what I took from seeing this, this broken man on, on the YouTube was he's alive and breathing. He's not only alive and breathing, he's helping somebody else. He's helping me right now. And, and that was it. Uh, you know, I went on my Facebook page and started posting where my feelings were. Um, had people contacting me. Oh my God, how are you doing this? Or what are you doing? And I started talking to them and then I started doing some little videos of my own. And, you know, when I feel good on days, I'll go out and do a video about how I feel good. I go for walks is what I do. I live up on a mountain here and I go for walks. That's how I clear my head, get some fresh air. And on my walk, I'll record myself. This is what I'm doing today. This is how I'm doing it today. And, you know, the other day I had a good one about having a shit day and you have shit days. It doesn't mean that you wake up in the morning and spill your coffee and fall down the stairs. That doesn't have to be the rest of your day. That's only the right now. As soon as that pain wears off, you can change your mind. And, and I think that's what, uh, what uh, the writing and uh, the videos has done for me. It's just, it's allowed me to voice it and get it out instead of just chewing on it all day long. Right. Yeah. Stuffing your emotions is never a good thing. So that, that is definitely a, a positive, but I, I gotta, I gotta I, ask you this because I, it was interesting to hear how you came at this, where you started Googling grief and how do you come through grief? And, and like, I'm sure you found more confusion at points than you did answers at some places. Um, yeah. And, and, and grief is not linear. It's not, there's not a straight line. It's not, it's not all the things that they say it is. It's so many different levels of, of just all kinds of things. Oh, absolutely. I have friends of mine that are, 
Well, I have one friend of mine that their year is in is next week and they are still at stage one, still frozen in place, still not breathing, not really eating or going to the doctor to get meds and, and not eating right and drinking. And, you know, then I have other friends of mine that go right into it's a it's a weird term, but it's called widow whore. And it's that need for for some touch or that need for the company or and just trying to get it wherever you can. Uh, you know, everybody kind of goes through this differently, but I'm a I'm a survivor in myself, you know, who I've always been. I'm a I'm an only child. So I think uh, being a super independent person. I've always tried to find my own way through things. And if I can find my way through, I'm going to bring some fucking people with me, you know? Right. There's people out there not doing well. Nice. That's, yeah, that's what it's about, man. Yeah, totally, exactly. man. And then, and in your videos and just in your words and stuff, like you can honestly tell that it's like, it's, it's genuine and, and real and stuff. And your videos are, are funny and, and, yeah. and poignant and, <laughs> No. It's pretty cool, man. It's Thank very you. cool. I gotta ask you this: Does the does the art? Where did the art come in? Like, did were you were you a writer? Did you write when you were growing up? Like, you know, I'm not even a reader. Um, <laughs> I I am at heart a creative being, and and I think you could leave me alone with a stick and some poop, and I'll make something. You know, all um, right. Who I am. <laughs> you, you heard yeah. it here. You That's heard it awesome. here first. Poop artist. I gotta say, we've never had a poop artist on here before. <laughs> there it is. That's there it, it is. Yep. Uh, Patsy yeah. poop artist. There we go. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, just glad that we don't have to take ourselves too seriously, even though you exactly. talk about real serious things. It's like you can't take yourself too seriously. No, you cannot. No, I think that's part of the part of the key there is realizing that you're you're a human, and the person standing next to you might be having the worst day of their life. And we're all trying to get through our thing. So, so my story with my wife starts 32 years ago. Her and I met as teenagers and just fell in love, best friends. You know, uh, just just a, a fairy tale life, really. And she was just the happiest girl you ever meet. And so her best friend passed away and she just wasn't dealing with it very well. And she had, she had like little clips of video clips and phone conversation recordings. And she would listen to them all the time. And, you know, in a long-term relationship, you're not up each other's butts, man. You give each other space. You know, you're having a down day. You don't go in the cave and poke the bear. You let the bear come back out, you know? So I knew she was having a, a little bit of hard time there. And she had, she had just started going through menopause, which is a, a you know, a big hormonal thing for a woman. And then come to find out she has a thyroid issue and easy. The worker's going to give her some medication and, and this should straighten some things out, a little bit of food change. And we're sitting on the couch and she's like, oh, my God, check this out. And she shows me the bottle of medication and it says warnings of suicidal thoughts. And we both giggled because she's the happiest girl in the world. And and we've lived a, a, a fairly clean life of uh, we don't take any pills or anything like that. So. You know, it was maybe two weeks later, I woke up to a gunshot and and uh, a note that said, I've loved you my whole entire life. I'm sorry I ruined everything. Don't go out back. Just call the police. I never deserved this awesome life. And 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 I could just couldn't fathom what that could possibly mean. You know, and, uh, you know, I can I can remember it right this second. I can, you know, going cold and. I just ran outside in the rain and, and just started screaming her name through the forest. And, and, you know, when I found her, it was, it was obviously too late. And I, and I just fell, you know, and 
I, I crawled myself out of the woods and called 911. And, and then, you know, the, the scariest thing happens at a point like that when you have no idea what's going to happen or, or what has happened or, or even if you're, you're awake and you start getting questioned about your motives um, from, from the police. And, of course, it's their job to figure out what's going on. And, and I didn't even realize for a minute that they were questioning me, like, you know, about infidelities and, and did you have a fight? And, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, no, no, not me. No. You know? And I just, I, I just didn't know. I thought I was going to, um, you know, I thought maybe I was going to jail that, that day and, and, and hear f- from the worst news in my entire life to it's changed around to maybe I had something to do with it. And, and and in that time, one of the the troopers that was here opened Heather's laptop and found out that she had visited three suicide hotlines in the last day, but never checked in, mm. never never hit go. So she tried to deal with it on her own. This emotion that she had no idea what was going on, you know. Wow, yeah, that, 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 it's it's such a shock. And I've talked to a lot of people since then um, with those warning of suicidal thought. I was talking to a woman and she said she, she put her kids to bed. She sat down on the couch and she started making an outline of how she was going to kill herself, that it wouldn't, you know, would least affect her children. And, and was like, what, what the hell am I doing? And kind of snapped herself out of it and, and realized that it was a medication and, she was already in full swing before she realized that she was, she was doing that. So, so if you take somebody like my, like my wife, that was just in that perfect storm, it just, it would just, you know, I think it was just too much for her and, and she didn't talk about it. She was a helper, you know, she didn't ask for help. She was just always there. So you, you had made a comment about it was like two weeks around that time period. Yeah, I believe for, it was about two weeks since she, she started the medication. Wow. And she had said to me a couple of times, um, it was during tax season, and she was doing a course to learn how to do taxes for a tattoo shop so that she could teach all the other shop owners how to do their taxes the right way. And and she was she was pretty underwater with that. And I walked out of my office, and I could see her going through her books. And she was just like, just rapid fire, flipping pages, flipping pages, flipping pages. She looked, she looked like she was insane. And I'm like, baby, baby, what are you doing? Take a second, take a breath. And she's like, I can't, I can't, I got to get this done. And I'm like, no, stand up and take a breath. And she stood up and she just like held her head. And she's like, I just can't get out of my head. And, and I held her and we, you know, we breathed together. Uh, I had this thing, um, where I would put my hand over her heart and kind of calm her down. You know, like she was, um, she'd get, she'd get wound up emotionally anyway. She's a very uh, um, heartfelt person. So she absorbed everything. Um, so that was part of, part of our routine uh, throughout our life was, you know, me being her, her calm. So I held her and we breathed together and, and you know, she said she was okay. And, and then that happened another time at home. We were watching TV and she just, this was the day before actually. And she stood up and she's like, I'm a fraud. I'm like, you're a fraud. What does that mean? She's like, well, you think that I'm smart and you think that I'm happy and, and you think that uh, um, I'm always here to help people, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not smart and I'm not happy. And, and I'm like, whoa, 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 baby, where's this coming from? And, and, and she's like, I just can't get out of my head. And that was the second time that she had said it. I didn't know that in her head were thoughts of suicide. I thought in her head was confusion of, of, of just, you know, life things. So um, that night I, I went around her with Sage and I kind of, I kind of you know, uh, kind of like brushed the demons away kind of thing. Just thought that she was having some some um, emotional thing and she was knitting a scarf for her mother and 
couldn't find the end of the rope, the end of the yarn. So I was like, oh, give it to me. I, I took the end out, handed it to her. And she said, I wouldn't be able to breathe without you. And I said, I wouldn't be able to breathe without you either, baby. Hey, I'm going to go to bed. Okay. And I gave her a kiss and I went to bed and, and that was it. I never saw her again. Um, well, you know, I never got to talk to her again. So, so that was our last words together, kind of, you know, and we would talk about tattooing and, uh, I have an appointment to get breathe without you around my throat and, and it's because it's our last words together, but I'm literally breathing without her. And after 32 years, you wouldn't think that you would be able to, you know? Yeah. It's a long time. It's a long time. Wow. You know, you're not your own person after that. You know, you're, you're, you're one of two. You're, you know, you're a part of one thing. Wow. Um, that's beautifully I, said, man. Very beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And we are definitely sorry for the loss. Yeah, thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you. You know, I just I just want to say something really quick because it was it's it's funny that you that this that part of the story came and just hit me because this morning I saw somebody post um, a meme that said the strongest people make time to help others even when they're struggling with their own personal demon, and I looked at that picture and I read it and I said, no, that's that's a bad message, and your story just pretty much confirmed my opinions on that meme. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you, you know, somebody's a helper and they're going to always, and they're going to push themselves. That's not what it's about. You can't give everything of, of yourself to help somebody. That's not what it, that's not strength, man. Strength is, is, is being able to keep that and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm struggling. Yep. You're exactly right. I mean, that's that, it's just a, I mean, not to veer too far from your story, but that was just a, it was just a bad message that, that, that I got from it. And then hearing that, you know, it just kind of validated it for me. And, and it sounds like she was a helper, you know, oh, she, she did absolutely was. And, and that was her. I think that she did that. I think she gave more than, than she had to give instead of, instead of paying attention to herself. Like well, they, people like, often do trying to help. Well, and I think that that's part of, I think that what happens is, is that people find that it, it, it fills a need that you don't necessarily even realize that you have at first. Like you don't realize that you need people to feel that way about you because you're not feeling that way about yourself. And if you don't have that, and that kind of actually leads us into this next part, because I'm curious to know how this happened because you talked about like doing a lot of research into Google and stuff. And I, I'm just wondering where, like, when did you start to develop the language to be able to talk about this stuff? Like, is it, obviously we don't talk about our emotions. We're not told, you know, we're not taught about emotions in school. We're not taught about, you know, any of this stuff. So how did it, you come to this studying? Cause obviously you had to have learned a lot of the language around a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, I, I truly believe it's, 20 years in the tattoo business uh tattoo is is about life and death and i i'm a i'm a talker i ask people their questions and i and i want to share life with them and and i think that you have a great opportunity as a tattoo artist to get some real intimate knowledge of the human animal and and i and i think through that i have a I have a pretty firm grasp. Like I said, my, my wife was a helper. So in turn, that was a, a two person thing, you know, uh, her and I would sit at night and she'd say, okay, I had a friend reach out to me and, and this is going on. And we would, we would have a back and forth about, you know, how to say things to people to, to motivate them to change their own mind and not, and not, say this is what you have to do but more give information this is what i'm doing um, i say that in a lot of my talks i'm not here to save people i'm here to tell you how i do it and if it works for you that's great and if it doesn't work for you at least you're trying shit i had a woman reach out to me the other day and and we're talking and she was just still just so rage rage and and i and i felt like i just couldn't i just couldn't reach through her rage that she maybe just wanted a 
a screaming board, and that's okay too. Um, and and I made a I made a, a post about you know you're not here to save everybody, you're here to save yourself and try to help whoever you can. And two days later, she reaches out to me and says, "Oh my God, thank you so much for listening to me the other day. It did so much good." And and here I feel defeated because I didn't I didn't help somebody that I wanted to, and in reality they felt like they got the best help that they could possibly get because I wasn't forcing them saying, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. I'm just, you know, I'm being me. And this is how I'm doing it. Like it. Yeah. That's what we, we, we try to do that here on, on this show too, man. That's what, that's what this is all about. That's where this started from. That's where this is going. That's why, that's why we bring people like yourself on. Yeah, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing that you're doing, opening people's eyes and get people to to listen to the reality of what's going on. And and then, you know, like like myself, talking to somebody that's on the other side of it, you know, in a, you know, know, like the kind of worst case scenario. There's a lot of men that can't even talk to me because they can't, you know, they start visualizing it. What would I do if my wife, you know, if, if my wife died or, or, I have so many friends of mine that I'll talk to them and I can just see their eyes welling up and it's not for me. It's, I mean, it is for me, but it's the reality kind of, kind of sets in that this is, this could actually happen. Like Heather and I were known as the happiest couple in the world. Like we used to say we were gay for each other all the time, you know, like we're, we're, uh, we're still, we're still childhood sweethearts, you know, holding hands and, and we spend every waking moment together. So, for me to not know was was part of the problem for me getting, you know, trying to get over this or get through this is the not knowing, like, you know, I'm constantly, I pick up things and I look at them, like, you know, is there maybe a piece of paper in this book? I've gone through so many book pages trying to find some freaking clue, but there's nothing. There's nothing. It was, it was, she kept it in her head and, and that was it. She just never let it out. And that's the hardest part for me is still, it's, I mean, I'm on, uh, I'm, I'm two years in and, and I'm cleaning out the attic in the garage the other day and going through boxes. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing love letters from us when we're, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. And, and in there, I'm kind of scouring each word. Was there some kind of word? Was there, was there a glint in one picture that I could see? And, you know, you become this, this insane detective. And then, and then, you know, at the end of the day, I just smashed that fucking box to smithereens and threw it out because I had to get it out somehow, you know? And yeah, wow. it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a back and forth. It's every day. I, you know, I, I have to use different tools to get through the next day and, and doing this kind of thing. This is what helps this right I gotta, here. I got to tell you, man, you have like, like the best outlook on this, like your mindset on it is like, is, is like on point for sure. Thank you. No, like, I mean, I feel like so many people would, a lot of people dive down that hole of why or what, you know, like kind of like you said, the way you were looking for, but you don't seem to, to, to let it strangle you. You know what I mean? Exactly. You do it, you do it and you, but you do it with like, you know, like you have a, a, a life jacket on, like, you know what I mean? It's exactly. Yes. It's good for you, man. Really good for you. Uh, you were you, the- were, were you real quick? Were you always, even before, like you, you had mentioned, like, you know, like you would hug her and you would, you'd put your hand on her heart and you know, with the sage and stuff. Did you always have that kind of like you're a healer in a way, you know what I mean? Like, you know, did you always I have always that? Have, I always have, but there's a there's a, a a little bit of a fight there that comes with being a man, and and having real live emotions and sharing <laughs> them with your friends. So I think, yeah, I can imagine that that could be a detriment in some in certain circles. Yeah, you know, and, I come from I come from an age where you know men don't cry and manly men you know that's where i came from manly men and you know what we get all these emotions everybody gets them men women everybody so why can't we use them why can't we have them why can't we look at them you know um 
And, and I grew up that, you know, that hard ass, that hard ass guy, but not to her, to her, I was always soft and always open and always, um, she brought that out in me, you know, she showed me that it was okay to, 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 to cry or to be happy or to be sad or, um, so, so when she passed away, one of the things I got on was this, uh, he's his, he goes by Sad Guru. And, and yeah, a, oh yeah, we know Assad. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 the things that he said were just so literal, like like they just they just made sense to me in the moment, you know. Like his wife had died, and that's how I that's how I found him. And and his thing was Sag- kind of Sagaru's wife died. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, and that's how I found him, and he was doing a talk about it. Okay. And. And he was just so literal about it, about the selfishness of, of grief. And I was like, wow, what a, what a way to look at it. And, you know, I touched on it a little bit before, you know, I say, I say this all the time. I'm kind of a nerd because I believe that I, I truly believe that we're in control of our mind. If we believe that we're in control of it so that at this point, Yesterday, yesterday was one of those days. A uh, now in my Facebook, I'm getting uh, a recurring posts of things that I posted. You know, the first, the first year, the first month, and it crushes me, and I lose my fucking mind, and I cry my eyes out, and I look at the clock, and I give myself some time, but I think looking at the clock is the recognition that I am going to move forward today, and I'm not going to just go down in there and, and stay there today. So wow, dude. Wow. That's man. Now that's man and all. That's, dude. I was just that's, about to say the same thing. Well, that's, that's, that's that some is, balls right there. That's that, some fucking, that is some fucking pure strength right there. That yeah, is raw, real strength. It's a tough one, but I know that I'm, I know that, you know, the sun's going to come up again today and, uh, and I'm going to have to go throughout the rest of my day. You know, in the beginning I would, I would just lose it and there'd be no control. Like, you know, there was days that I would go out in the forest and I would lay in the ground where I found her and just, and just hope that I would die there. And, and I didn't, I had to pee or I had to eat, you know, and I got up. <laughs> that's, so, that's awesome. <laughs> that's like, that's, you know, that's life. That's life making a joke out of something. That's exactly. That's the reality that's, of it. You know, I'm wow. gonna lay here. I'm gonna lay here and die, and then I'm like, I gotta pee. But it's wow. uh, it's a constant struggle. It's a constant fight, or, or it's not fight. It's a it's a it's a constant trying to have a outlook. It's you know I use fight because it's an easy term, but I'm not fighting it. You you can't fight things. You you can find another way around, but you just can't fight it because that's all you'll do. Well, it's like Bruce Lee said, man, be like water. <laughs> Water exactly. goes, water finds wherever the least amount of resistance is to get going. So you yep. got to flow. You got to learn how to flow with it, even though I, I think a lot of people have a problem surfing with grief and grief is uh, grief is definitely like, you know, what Mavericks or whatever of, of surfing, you know, it's like it's grief is one of those difficult things to manage. And yeah. And it just drags behind you. Like it's constantly, there's a weight there's a that you carry around and and you get to decide what you're going to do with that if, if you're going to just let it let it take you under or if you're going to move you know you mentioned you mentioned a few minutes ago that you like tools and and you're all about tools can you share like what is like what is a tool like what is one of your favorite tools to use the the first and foremost one was that that looking at the clock that is recognition that that there's something outside of, of what you're trapped in right now. Um, another thing would be, um, say, like um, I'm, I'm writing a book about about my survival of her suicide, and it got to be where it was just too much. It, it, I just I find myself just staring at the pages and and trying to feed myself that those first days so I could get the emotion into the writing and. And I'm like, okay, I can't, I got to take a break. So what I do, I went out for a walk. That was one of my tools and, and, uh, or what, one of my things that I did, I went out and got a, 
got some air in me. So what I did is I changed my gears. I went into writing something about, you know, about my history of tattoo and, and the cool people that I met and the fun stories. And, and it kind of, kind of rinses out that, that pain in your gut. Um, we're breathing. I do some, a lot of breathing exercises and you know, what really helps is talking to other people like this kind of thing. Like uh, just before we started, of course, my throat was choked up. I had that, that pit in my stomach and, and you know, the, all the nervousness that, that comes with it, but the bringing up of the emotions. But as soon as I start talking about it and, and you get some feedback, like, you know, like you saying, like you saying that's that's strong that's strong like that that right there you allow that in that's the tool and you don't hold it at bay saying well i'm not worthy of it or or not right now or you have to allow yourself to grieve and you have to allow yourself to to be happy so <laughs> an odd one that i learned from a veterinarian it's okay it's okay to feel okay and, and, and that was over a loss of a dog and the, you feel bad because you're having a good day today. You feel mm -hmm. bad because you're having fun with somebody or you're laughing and, and you're not being sad for the person that, that passed away. But you got to tell yourself that's okay. It's okay to feel good today. It's okay to feel like shit tomorrow, but it's not okay to just shut off and, and curl up and, and 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 not be a member of of society. So I guess I guess in, I guess in a roundabout way that was a couple of couple of things that I do. Uh, walks are my thing. I have had a bunch of people reach out to me and they're like, "Hey, when you're going to go for a walk next time, let me know." And I and I and I struggle with that a little bit because I'm not a, a leader. I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I think because I'm an only child, I'm more of a, of an only person. Like I want to walk with you like on a zoom, but I don't want to, I don't want, <laughs> I don't feel like I want to do a, a group walk because then I feel like I, I have to have something to say or I have right, to I gotcha. be on point or right. Yeah, right, I got gotcha. you. It's funny, and it's only because I've never done it before. I've never done this before either, but, you know, it doesn't feel as weird as I thought it was going to, you know, two minutes before I said, hi, how are you? Yeah, no, dude, it's, and, and to be honest with you, it hasn't let on at all that you've never done this either. So you may want to, like, you may actually want to, like, do it more often because I'm sure that there's, I'm sure that there's people that would love, you know, to talk to you because, like, just even just about tattooing, I'm sure. I would love to talk to you about tattooing. I love tattooing. Yeah, hit me up. Uh, or, you know, give me, give me, ask me a question. I love tattooing too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to know though, what got you started tattooing? Was it literally just the idea that you needed to start tattooing? Um, when I was 14, I think it was, my dad got tattooed at the Chatham Fair of oh. all places. Wow, really? Chatham Fair. Yo, I didn't even know yeah. the Chatham Fair would have a tattoo booth, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, 100 years ago, it was different. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and and I stood outside of that little trailer, and all the men were standing around showing each other their tattoos. And they're all these big, badass, burly motherfuckers that, you know, you don't do anything but nod and hey, whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and here they are rolling up their sleeves and everybody's, you know, talking about stories. And I can smell that green soap to this day. I can smell that trailer with cigarette smoke and green soap. And, and it, it just ignited something in me. And um, as a as an only child, I was a super, super uh, hyperactive, ADD, ADHD, uh, constant. Um, my mom realized that I love to draw. So she would line the walls of my bedroom with packing paper and I would draw all day long. So art was always in my soul. It was what calmed me. It was what excited me. It was how I expressed myself. Um, Did you draw 70s album covers? 
<laughs> yeah, and all that, all that weird squiggly tribal stuff. My whole notebook would be covered in that uh, eyeballs and skulls. And oh yeah, so, um, so I think it was that summer after seeing that my dad get a tattoo, I went to uh, a friend's house, and he's doing a stick and poke tattoo on his own leg, and. And I'm like, oh, this this is amazing. I got to get in on this. And, and I started, you know, I was that 14, 15 year old kid in uh, middle school that was doing the stick and pokes on every 14 year old girl's pelvis. You know, uh, I was the most liked child in high school. <laughs> All the parents yeah. loved me. I'm uh, sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's still a few cursing you still. Oh, boy. I actually put it out there a couple of years ago that I wanted to see some of my stick and pokes. <laughs> and, uh, and I only had I only had one person get a hold of me about it. Everybody else had had them covered up by now or lasered off or uh, so. Yeah, so so you know I I did what what most people do and and I just went to work. I kind of put my my art to the side and and I started welding and you know I got trained as a welder and I did that for about a dozen years and bumped into a friend of mine that was tattooing out of his house and I told my wife I'm like Heather I, I want a tattoo I, I think this is my thing I think that I think that I could be good at it she's like oh I think you could be good at it too and you're so so supportive she always always supported uh uh 100% of whatever I wanted to do and, and she had a good job she was working for GE at the time and um you know I had a um I was really friendly with the people that I worked with and they, they allowed me to do a, a four day week so that I could do my apprenticeship as a tattoo. And, and I knew that the guy that I was, that I was posing this to wasn't really, uh, um, I couldn't give him a bunch of money and hope that at the end of my apprenticeship, I would have a, a place to work. So I posed it to him that if I built a tattoo shop around us, would he train me how to tattoo? It would be his tattoo shop. But in five years, we could do some sort of uh, a partnership. And, and, you know, by five years, I'm, you know, as you can tell by going through the suicide thing, I am, uh, I get on a direction and, and I'm going for it. Um, so within five years, um, uh, you know, I'm book solid. I got you know, a whole bunch of clientele and, and, and he was still kind of uh, floundering around doing, you know, tattoos a couple of days a week, maybe not showing up for appointments. And, it, you know, this still still in that in that tattoo world of, of sex, drugs and rock and roll. And, and I had taken it on as a career and. And I posed it to him. I threw a number at him. I knew he had this magic number and, and I threw a magic number at him. And he was like, you know what? You do more for this company than I will ever do. He goes, I'd rather see it in your hands and see what you can create from this. And, and that was it. I, I own Fastlane Tattoo and I went balls out. I, I, I trained a couple of people. I hired a couple of people. And, and, you know, here we are 20 years later. It's just wow. a dream come true. Still, you know, I'm still chomping at the bit to get in there to, to do tattoos. You know, I'm still working six days a week and I get out of work at, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night because I got time. I could I could put one more in you know, one more to me at, you know, at the, at the level I'm at is a minimum of a five hour tattoo, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, wow. it's, it's everything. It's everything to me. Tattoos. That's awesome, man. That is so cool. I just, I love being, I've loved being around it since I've gotten, it took me a long time to get my first one. Like I waited until I was like 21. Mm -hmm. I think I'd really actually, important. well, the first one was like, came in like 94. So I was like, probably, I think I was like 22 or 23. Like it took me that long to figure out the first thing I was going to get tattooed was going to be. And then it kind of went crazy after that for a short amount of time and stuff yeah but i just love being around it and stuff man yeah. dude we appreciate you being on the show this it's been awesome talking to you so you always finish up the let me let podcast. me let me hold on hold on before you do that i got i got a couple uh, questions actually for him sure. uh, um, all right patsy going back to the original topic um in your opinion 
just because you've kind of immersed yourself in this. Um, do you think, and just again, this is your opinion. Do you, do you think um, people should focus more on prevention or a postvention for suicide? Boy, I feel like they both have so much weight. Uh, prevention yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, me coming out and, and talking about suicide, like I'm, I'm really open about how shitty this is and how fucked up this is to do to somebody. And this isn't how you leave your loved ones and no one is better off. And, and I try to rip people's eyelids off and show them what they're going to leave behind for the people that they think that they're helping by getting out of the way. So, so my thing is prevention. Absolutely. It, it, it is it, you don't feel good today. You're in a bad way. Go get some help. Don't fuck up everyone you love. So, so I guess prevention is, is the first, but to be able to have somebody to talk to afterwards that the loneliness that, that you're left with, um, there's something about laying with somebody at night, every night for 32 years, and then going to a dark, cold bedroom alone. Um, there needs to be, there needs to be people out there that are talking and that are sharing their survival and not uh, just how they're wallowing in it. So, so I think first and foremost prevention, but I, I, I don't think that there's a lot of after for right. people. I think people kind of just try to find their own way. And, and what you get is, well, everyone grieves at their own pace. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But there's other people grieving and we should be able to share that. OK, so that's that, that that's where I'm at. I think prevention first and foremost, but we need to talk about it afterwards for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's weight. Like you said, there's weight to both. Do you I had a lot of people reach out to me afterwards that um, it, it's really scary how many people are right on the edge of, of life and death. A lot of people reach out to me and, and we're like, hey, thank you so much for, for letting me know because I totally had myself convinced that I was just going to get out of the way or, um, or, or, or I had a woman reach out to me and said, you know, Patsy, I love you and thank you so much for doing all that you've done. Um, you know, today's my day and, and, I, and I've set that. And, you know, I want you to know that, that I love you and, and thank you for, for trying. But unfortunately, it was too late for me. And, and that was the end of the message. And I, you know, I lost my mind. I'm laying in bed and I, I don't, I don't know this person, you know, do I call their husband? Do I call 911? Do you know, what, what do I do? And in, in, in that, I realized that I'm not here to save everybody. I can't own, I can't own her on your, know, on her, her unhappiness. And I can't. Yeah, that's a lot. That's good for you for recognizing that because it's not really for someone in that position. And I don't know her and I'm not, you know, pointing fingers, but for someone to, to put that burden on someone, especially that they don't know, it's not a, that's not a, a, a positive way to go about it because yeah. they're, you know, they're putting it on you and it's, they should be exactly. calling uh, uh, the 911 or, or some suicide hotline or something. Well, you know, no, take- it kind of goes back to the argument though, about you can't save everyone. Because you can't, right. you can't save everyone. So maybe the thing is, is that maybe she wasn't really trying to, to not take responsibility, but she didn't want it. To, she wanted to tell someone. So it might have actually been easier for her to tell a complete stranger that has no Good way point. of getting go, no way yeah. of getting to her, rather than, exactly. rather than saying it to somebody who could actually change the game. That Good point. confiding in a complete stranger is huge. Yeah. Right. And I just think it, it maybe it just points to the fact that she was resigned to this. And again, and we've, we've said this on the podcast and it's hard because I kind of come from that, that prevention background, but unfortunately you can't save everyone. And there are people that we're going to lose that we may not have lost if it was not for one particular thing that happened or right particular yeah, it could item. Be one one word somebody's listening to your podcast right now and here's one interaction between right. the between the three of us and 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 it just opens their eyes and they're right. like, it just oh, says okay wait oh, a second no this maybe isn't take the a way step out. back and reevaluate what what i've what i you know told myself so many times well and actually that's we found this out through the american foundation for suicide prevention has been studying this now for so long that they've actually found that one of the biggest things that you can do for someone 
is to provide like a, a kill switch in a way of time where you can, that's why they're asking point blank if you are thinking of hurting yourself is actually the best way to come at somebody that yep. you have a thought of that because it actually puts them off guard and it actually sets them at ease in a way that yes. maybe somebody doesn't necessarily understand that somebody has been there and seen it. I, I, I think that you can make up a whole bunch of things in your head, but until the, the, you could tell yourself anything and eventually you will believe it. Sure. But if somebody asks you point blank, are you thinking about hurting yourself? You kind of reevaluate for a second. Oh, well, well maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not, or maybe I, I think I want to, but at least you get the thought process going. Yeah. yeah this, like, is, this is a great, this is a great thing that you're doing. Well, thank you. Awesome. I mean, couldn't, we couldn't do it without people like you that are, you know, doing your part and sharing your story. And, and like you said, in hopes that someone would hear this and, and reevaluate, you know, reassess their situation and say, or just even find some comfort in it. Like this guy went through this and, and, and he's, you know, he's a goddamn warrior. He's like, doesn't carry anger with him. And he's, he's open about his story and he's willing to sit and help people is dude. I mean, that's huge. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, you're very welcome, man. You're very welcome. Anytime. Like, and, and we are, you know, so sorry that such a tragedy is, you know, had to take place to get you to, to this, but you know, you're making, you're making the best use out of what you've learned. And, and we appreciate that. I'm just so grateful for to still have this life. You know, it's, it's such a gift. Well, don't lose that mindset, man. Take care of yourself. Hey, thank you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Take care of yourself, man. So we always finish the episode up with three questions, two semi-serious, one not so serious. Um, But I'll let Tim ask, ask the first one. Uh, Do you have a favorite or least favorite word? It's, it's a, it's a statement and it is standing in my own power. And oddly enough, I can talk about all the suicide and all the loss. And when I say I'm standing in my own power, it, it almost floors me. It, it, it makes me all choked up. It's, uh, it's just so powerful to know that I'm, I'm surviving this thing. And, and it's sad to know that I'm surviving this thing. So standing in my own power is my, is my, uh, my own way of giving myself that that gratitude it's very freeing yes yeah, it is that sounds very freeing yeah is there some is there something that you don't like to say or some a word that you don't like to use you know and this follows just about everything hate um I, I i try not to use hate and fight and i say them all the time i hate that i'm going through this but i i'm trying to fight this and i'm and i'm not it's not hate and it's not fight it's 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 working through it and it's it's um it's finding another path or it's trying to see things in a different way so so hate and fight yeah beautiful wow. man beautiful that that's very cool man yeah that's 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 really all of this in a nutshell like that's it right there the, the the way you speak to yourself the words that you use all right so the next question is cat dog or other cat ah he's a cat man mm-hmm. yep yep they take they pretty much take care of themselves yeah that's what i like about cats uh, um dogs don't believe that they can live without you and cats don't give a shit about you that's <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a good metaphor for life actually because <laughs> <laughs> life doesn't give a shit about you either it just it's it's all nope. about what you put into it that gets you to the 100 percent yep Yep. What, what's your outlook going in? You want to, you, you, uh, you want to have a bad day. Guess what? You're going to have a bad day. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You, um, if, if you could do, or if you, if there was something that you would like to see done to mental health as a whole without any kind of restraints, what would it be? I think, uh, just more openness that we all have a little, we're all a little fucked up inside. And that you're not alone in your being a little mentally screwed up. That we all are fighting our own own fight. We're all living our own life. And we're all, you know, we're all trying to get through this uh, in in our own way. And I'm going to take a couple of seconds to explain this a little bit. Um, In Tattoo, 
I cover up a lot of self-harm marks and, and it always blows my mind that there's a person sitting in their house, cutting themselves, feeling bad, feeling all alone. And next door, there's somebody sitting in their house, cutting themselves, feeling bad, feeling all alone. And, And I think that if we all were to tell each other, you know what, I'm screwed up too. I have this, I do this. We are more open about it and not trying to hide it away. That would be my goal. See, I told you from the beginning, man, you're a healer. See that? That proves it right there. <laughs> yeah, you may want to take a shaman class. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing, though. It's amazing when you really think about it, though, man, because when you you have the power of the gun. So, like, when you're laying, like, outlines and, and putting color into people's stories, like, you're, like adding to the energy on their body. So it's like, you're really transferring all that energy within. That. Yeah. But and, yep. and like, so, and you're, and you're having these conversations. If you're sitting, you know, if you have somebody scheduled for, you know, two, three hours sitting, you know, it's a, that you're probably talking to them and asking them how, you know, getting to know oh, yeah. stuff. That's dude, that's, that's healing. You're, you know what I mean? That's what it is. Yep. You're a healer, whether you want to believe it or not. Uh, yeah. I never looked at it that way. Yeah. But I do. I, de- I, in I between some deicide songs. <laughs> yeah. In between some deicide songs. In between some deicide songs, you know. You yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is going to hurt. And I'm going to ask some tough questions. <laughs> Sorry, this is going to hurt. Yep. And, and, you know, being able to see both sides of it, you know, the being able to laugh too, because the laughing is important. Is it it as important, if not more important than the crying and getting it out? Yes. Yep. You can't have, uh, can't have one without the other, man. Exactly. We're given all these emotions. Use them. It's true. That was one of the first things actually that in my process that I, that I learned, like just that we have emotions and it's okay to use them. Like it was so simple. It was, I mean, so simple. It was as simple as that to me. Like, you know, someone just saying that it really, it stuck with me to this day. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. It's okay to be sad. You don't have to be the, the strong man and carry everyone and, and, or, you know, or the strong mom and, and, and just swallow it all down. We always deal with that a lot. You got to get it out. You got to get it out. Go play, go have fun. Go, you know, Go, go go play with with some poo and a stick. That's right. <laughs> go make some poo art. That's go make right. some poo art. Go break some shit. Go do something. That's right. When life seems like shit, draw something fun in it. You know, I don't know. Nice. That's a quote right there. There you go. When life mm. seems like shit, draw something. <laughs> that is great. That's gold, man. Hey, so if if Patsy, if anybody is if anybody li- is listening in the 518 area, uh, you want to just give a quick, um, you know, your your tattoo shop, where it is and the name of oh, it. Oh, yeah, how- sure, sure. Sure, sure. Um, I own Fast Lane Tattoo in Castleton. Um, we've been there 20 years, uh, 1522 Columbia Turnpike. Um, I have six great artists that work in there, two piercers. And, you know, it's a it's a tough shot to get an appointment in because we're we're booked solid all the time. But, you know, you call us and um, really whoever you talk to will lead you to the right artist to do the style of tattoo that you want. And, uh, you know, they reach out to you and and it's more of a family based tattoo shop uh, than uh, like a walk in street shop. Um, And then even right now with uh, the covid, we all have our own rooms They're they're, uh, the I have two shops side by side and they're both set up like houses. So everybody's got their own bedroom, the door shut. So, so it's a, it's a very intimate, uh, kind of way to get a tattoo. And now, you know, with the COVID we're, we're not, uh, uh free breathing on everyone. <laughs> free, free very, cool. <laughs> very cool, man. Very cool. Thank that's you. Awesome, man. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. That's a, that's a great, it's a great outlet. Patsy, thank you so much again for being a part of this, man. Thank you for sharing your story with everyone, and and just thank Absolutely. you for thank you for kicking ass, man. Absolutely, yeah, man. Thank, thank you thank, for putting this program together. This is amazing. You know, it's again we you know, will like Will said earlier, it's you know, we have the same kind of uh, intentions as you do. It's it's we put exactly. these stories out. We have open conversations, and we talk about things that a lot of people don't want to talk about, but 
you know, we hope that this may make it easier for somebody the next time that exactly, you know, shining a light in the dark places. That's how we get there. That's you're absolutely right, man. Falling torches, brother. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, people see, see a group of, of what they think are some cool dudes having some real, real conversation. It might open them up to have some real conversation and not just sit in the corner quietly acting like a badass. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a positive thing as well, man. Yeah. We, could, we could, we can hope that happens. Yeah. And I, and I truly believe that it does, even if it's, you know, one at a time. That's all it takes, man. It just takes that. Cause I, I mean, that's really all you can work with. You know yep. I mean? You can't multitasking this. Try multitasking when you're tattooing. See how that works out for you. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, that's true. One of them wouldn't be so good, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no multitasking. No, 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 no. Little uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, wrapping thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, wrapping up another interview here at Above Ground Podcast. You can always uh, find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you pod. If you do I listen heart, to us, YouTube. I heart. If you do listen to us on Apple, feel free to leave us um, a little comment, maybe, or subscribe, some stars. Uh, check us out on Instagram. You can email Will and say hi to Will. <laughs> hi, Will. <laughs> hi, everyone. Email us at abovegroundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, right, Will? That's right. Until next time, be well. Be safe. Be. Thank you, brothers. Uh, Uh, Bye.